0: Well, we're in the midst of a series entitled Road to Redemption, and roads are critical in terms of, well, since the civilized world began, in terms of getting from point A to point B. And what we find is some roads are more significant than others. We are highlighting roads in the scripture. In this series, through the balance of July, we're going to look at some of the Different roads. We already did that last week. We started the series because these are roads where God showed up uniquely, specifically for that road and for those involved. And it may be that in your journey, in your pilgrimage, in your spiritual walk with Jesus, you're at one of these roads. And it may be that we're on different roads. Uh, we know that we're on a road where. Christ is making us more like him. But, for example, it may be that today you've never invited Christ into your life. You've never said really yes to God. And last week, Haynes did an awesome job talking about the Damascus Road and how radical life changed for a guy who changed. His name was changed from Saul to Paul. In a matter of three days, he was persecuting those who were part of the Jesus movement, the, the, the way to becoming a spokesperson, a missionary. He went from persecuting the church to planting churches. And that was a radical moment. We're going to talk about the Emmaus Road. And it wasn't so... Radical as it was revealing over a period of time. And then the road to Jericho. But today, I want us to take a look at a familiar road. And I say it's familiar because you've heard the story several times. The Red Sea Road. And in the Old Testament, we find in the book of Exodus, this road really unfolding before the people of God. This particular text, the dividing of the Red Sea, the exodus of God's people, is referenced numerous times in the Old Testament and even in the New. We find that in the New Testament, even the author, Matthew, records these words, out of Egypt I called my son. And so this This idea of passing through the waters, crossing over, is a theme that is familiar to us. It's a theme that's familiar to us as people maybe who have walked uh, in faith. People groups have used this motif and theme, let my people go and the exodus, in different ways to prove and to support a point. And so today I'm asking that the Lord would give us a fresh insight in terms of what the Red Sea Road means for us. Let's ask his spirit to come in a special way. God, I thank you that already your spirit has moved profoundly through the music and through the fellowship. And I thank you that you are that unseen presence in this room, but you're real. You're in the very breath that we breathe in and we exhale. And so Lord, help us not to become numb to the familiarity of this story, but to be sensitized in a fresh way, renewed with a truth for our lives. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, amen. Well, you know the story of Joseph, the one in the Old Testament, not the father, the earthly father of Jesus, but the one in the Old Testament that was part of the covenant in that he was one that represented the people of God, and through the blessings of God, he as a Jew was made prince of Egypt, and there was a there was a positive relationship between him and the Pharaoh. but the succeeding pharaohs didn't remember Joseph, and while there was an amicable and a positive relationship between the Hebrews and the Egyptians, that would go away because the Egyptians saw an opportunity to exploit a people group. And they said, we can use these folks to our services, these Jews. Uh, Let's make them slaves. And so they held them in bondage, get this, for over 400 years. That's a long time. That's generation after generation after generation. And so when we think of the Red Sea Road, one of the things we have to think about is where they came from and what it was they were coming out of. And you remember the great emancipator, Moses, the errors of his way, a major mistake he made, he fled as a refugee to Midian. As a Jew, he was just simply overseeing sheep he was working for his father-in-law he was happily married for him less was more this was easy and God called him from Mount Sinai and said Moses come I've got a job for you you're going to set my people free you're going to be the spokesperson and you'll you'll remember how he had a lot of insecurities like so many of us he he said I, I'm not good I'm not articulate why would they listen to me and, and he said, I want you. Now, he had someone go with him, Aaron. And he went to Pharaoh and made his plea before Pharaoh with great signs and wonders, convincing signs and wonder, wonders. But the scripture says Pharaoh's heart was hardened and would not let the Jewish people go. Continued to hold them in slavery. In fact, ratcheted up the work. Until finally, the angel of death passed over. And do you know the story of Passover? And and Pharaoh relented and said, okay, you can go. But then his advisor said, do you know what you're doing? This is a resource that you're freeing up. And so here come the Egyptian chariots after the Hebrews, the Jews, on their way to the Red Sea. Now think about that where they had come from, 400 years, four centuries of slavery. It became their worldview. It was what they knew. It's hard to move away from what you know. If you've always been in slavery, it can become who you see yourself as. And, and, And so... They get to the edge of the Red Sea and the the Sea of Reeds and they look back and here come the chariots and they're hemmed in between the water, the sea, the mountains, and the roaring chariots of the Egyptian warriors. And they begin, two things happen. They begin to grumble. You know, sometimes when we don't know what to do, we complain, and we hearken back to what we think were the glory days. We want to go back to Egypt. Were there not enough graves, Moses? Were there not enough graves to bury us back there? We're going to die here. What's up with your leadership? Why did you call us to this? Remember when we were in Egypt? Remember the glory days <laughs> It's slavery? The glory days aren't quite as glorious as we make them out to be. And the other was, they were afraid. I mean, maybe you've been hemmed in. But let's, let's take a, a look back. What is it they were coming out of? They were coming out of bondage. They were coming out of slavery. I want to suggest to you that all of us probably have brought something into this room. We have arrived with something that maybe has held us back, that has imprisoned or incarcerated, if you would, or, or kind of trapped us at least. Maybe it's an obsession with with work. There's one woman I know, She she... It's so obsessed with her work. She is a workaholic. And it will be hard for her to ever retire because she she has made it so much of her identity. She's a slave to it. And, and then I think about those of us who struggle with what people think and we, we obsess over, are they going to like me? Are they going to feel good about this decision? And so we fixate on the feelings of those around us because that's what we've always done. And you tend to gravitate toward what seems like home or a chemical addiction. And it's been a friend to us But this friend continues to let us down. It's a temporary friend that shows up just in the moment. But when the moment is over, it is an enemy. You know, I I think about some of us in bondage, and what does it mean to be free from that? What does it mean for the people of Israel to to step toward freedom, to, to cross over? And so, stuck in their bondage mentality. We could have been better off in Egypt. Paralyzed by fear. They're facing off with the water in front of them and the mountains beside them. They are hemmed in. And what's interesting to me is oftentimes those of us who who are in bondage, who struggle with being held captive in our thinking. We, we experience a spiritual amnesia. God has been faithful in the past. Surely he will be faithful in the future. He has not let me down. I, I struggle with that, even as your pastor. I tend to catastrophize and look for the worst possible scenario that might happen. And I try to work against that where God is calling me to a huge faith to see the possibilities, not the problems. But you know, if I've if I've been schooled in that, if that's all I've ever known, I tend to gravitate toward that. So, where are you today? Well, I want us to look at a scripture. Because I really believe it took faith. And these two categories, I think, are important. I believe there were those who took a phrase and said, God, as they stepped to the bed of that sea, where the sea had been divided, where Moses had raised his staff. You got this, right? God, you you got this. And then there were people of great faith who said, God, you got this. (laughs) And you know what? I'm grateful for both of them. Because even those who made it a question were stepping out in faith. Verses 13 and 14 are printed in your bulletin. I invite you to look at that. When Moses hears the Israelites crying out, this is what Moses says. And this is a version here, and we have some up here on the screen. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance of the Lord, the salvation of the Lord. And then he goes on to say, be still. I don't know about you, but when there's a problem, I want to run in there. And fix it. And sometimes I make a mess. Be still. The Lord will fight for you. Another version says, see the deliverance of the Lord. It will be brought to you. The deliverance of the Lord will bring you through. How do we move towards freedom from bondage and slavery to whatever it is that has held us captive to freedom whether a couple of things as we share in communion today I, I think one is a vertical imparting of grace where we recognize that in our natural we'll never be free in this flesh on our own And so we need a supernatural power. We need something greater than ourselves. And that's the wonder of the cross and the resurrection is there is power in both to allow us to be overcomers. That God imparts to us vertically his Holy Spirit, which he said would be an advocate, a helper, when we face off with these kinds of things. But the other is a, 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 I said horizontal, didn't I? Vertical. A horizontal grace that's imparted through people that are around me, good people, maybe a small group that stands with me in the face of a difficulty. Maybe it's a counselor clinician, uh, someone that's been trained and, and they have some helpful steps that I can take to cross over and maybe that crossing over is a process but that first step is critical and so uh, recognizing that God's grace is imparted to us, that the battle is the Lord's that he's in it with us and then some key people around us taking that first step is key